listening to Wide I'm doing pretty good there, Dooner. How are you, man? And uh, thank you to all joining us right now. I'm pulling up the LinkedIn. Sorry for the slight delay in getting this thing started. You know how it is. It's uh, coronavirus pandemic. Everything taking just a, a little bit longer. But we are we're now live. It's great. Before I went on air, someone made a comment on Twitter to me. Michael Vincent. Oh. They said, uh, they said, why don't you cover up that bed behind you? And I said, well, I would if it was a double. But it's a Cali King. Who's going to cover up a Cali King? I don't know. I don't know why you would, man. <laughs> I think you should just kind of, you know, lay on it and do the do the show. Relax. Just kick back, bro. I need a headset. You know what? At Gats, I got one, and um, I haven't used it yet. It's a Bluetooth headset, but I think that that would come in handy. I think it would. I think it'd be a good look for you, man. <laughs> and Christopher <laughs> Martinez says, hi, Christopher. Thanks for joining us. We'll be dialing out to you very soon. What's up, Christopher? Have you been watching The Last Dance? So, yeah, uh, like casually, intermittently, when I get a chance. I got kids like you, you know, so... <laughs> kind of uh, yeah i've been i've been dvring it but it's super to me it extends it shows you a lot more than than just business and a lot of that has to do with the work ethic of not just you know michael jordan but scotty pippen dennis rodman all those guys combined and and the methodology of phil jackson their coach yeah and that that really is interesting and i've i've read some stuff on it and you know uh he, he phil was uh he was a bit he was into zen uh buddhism and all that kind of stuff right he, he was uh but what i find most interesting in it is just seeing behind the scenes is getting to know like Rod, rodman's the most interesting to me right seeing what he's like behind that behind that persona that you see as the star rodman this kind of introvert guy yeah, but what about intro? Yes, I, I would think of Rodman's more of an extrovert, yeah. sarcasm included. Um, right. For me, it was Jordan, though, and his intense focus, you know, something like that. It can be a blessing, but it can also be a curse because his drive is that he's never satisfied. So he never really gets to appreciate the greatness of 23 like we, the viewers, do or we, the sports fans, do. And Casey's just it, it's never good enough for him. Kobe Bryant, very similar. Yeah, it is. And it's almost a, it's almost a sad thing, right? Because they never kind of uh, realize that I've made it, I've accomplished this and really kind of enjoy that when they're never really satisfied with themselves. But then they would have never got there, right? If they if they had been satisfied. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the double edged sword of just having that drive and having that fire. And it was making me think about Mondays and Monday is the best day to kick your competition's ass because so many people, they just lurch out of bed going all slow. Oh, they got a case of the Mondays. Oh, I'll just go half speed today. <laughs> I love it when you do that. When I'm competing with you, do that. Just just take a jog around the track because I'm going to run right past you. And by the time you get uh, up to speed on Wednesday, we'll be going full bore by by noon, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, a shark doesn't wake up on Monday going, oh, it's Monday, man. I just get through the day. No, a shark gets up every Monday and says and reminds everybody that it's a damn shark. Yeah. Right? Shout out to our sponsors, Triumph Pay, partners with brokers and shippers to process carrier payments. With nearly 80,000 carriers paid, Triumph Pay provides a simple solution for your carriers to manage their payments in one place. With Triumph Pay, carriers can upload and submit paperwork, manage their payments, and connect to brokers directly from anywhere. To learn more, tell them, dude. This is difficult, so get a pen. TriumphPay.com. Go there immediately after the show. Mm-hmm. Hit the music. 
night, man. The first quarter, you're not going to believe this, man, but the first quarter could actually have been worse for many carriers without the pandemic. Here's yeah. how Zach Strickland, he, here's how he breaks it down in his chart of the week. I recommend that highly. It comes out on Saturdays. Check it out on FreightWaves.com. But it puts a lot of context, especially if you go back to Friday's episode, what we were talking about. He breaks it down so well, and he did it through the earnings with the uh, with a few Q1 earnings reported for publicly traded carriers came out over the past two weeks. Most of them were reporting reduced profitability, right? Uh, that's understandable. National carrier Knight Swift was an exception to this reporting of lower truckload revenue and a slight improved operating ratio. J.B. Hunt and Heartland both reported higher operating ratios, lower profit margins for their truckload segments on increased revenue. Buried in all that concern over COVID-19 is the fact Carrier numbers were probably going to look much worse without all that surging demand resulting from the outbreak across certain lanes of freight. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, and, and he goes into looking at the, at the cash truckload line haul index and, and, and the truckload carrier association, the revenue per truck per week metric, which is a very, very important metric, right? And there's this, there's a noticeable decline starting towards the end of last year. Uh, both showed a slight sequential uptick in in March this year uh indicating increases in rates which was brought on by the the sudden uptick in in volumes and then suddenly and then obviously rejections which caused up upward pressure on on the truckload rates so the cast line haul index measures transportation costs less fuel so it's essentially what it is it's the base cost for moving a truckload of freight right and that in index peaked in October of 2018 uh when we saw some of the highest demand or the highest demand for truckload capacity uh, last decade, which was coming off the 2016-2017, uh, which, uh, which was obviously depressed, right? And then through 2019, volumes kind of, they, they were a little, they, they were lower, but then near the end of the year, they were actually higher. Yet, one of the things that came out of 2018, along with the higher uh, rates uh, that, that, that uh, contract could enjoy, uh, was more capacity, and so we saw tender rejects start to drop, and then we saw this downtick from really October, November, December in the CAS index down fell like 4.9%, but then end of year through February down 4.29%. So shorter period of time, very close to the similar, similar drop. So it was, it was dropping quite significantly coming into, coming into March. A lot of blame has been put on the spot market, but a big reason for declining truck road costs from December to February was not driven by the spot market, which is estimated to account for roughly 10 to 20 percent of the four higher market at any given time. But the decreases in actual contracted rates, right, in a softening market, contracted freight gains a larger market share as carrier acceptance of loads and tenders from their contracted shippers increase. FreightWave's outbound tender reject index averaged nearly 20% in 2018, but yeah. fell to an average of 6% in 2019. The decline in rejection rate is indicative of increasing carrier availability, making the spot market less necessary for locating capacity, meaning that the freight that a lot of people don't want is what's ending up on there, and you're seeing that reflected in a lot of the rates, too. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so you've got plenty of capacity uh, shippers are not falling out of their routing guides. The the spot market rates are lower. Uh, the the contracted carriers are honoring those contracts. They got plenty of capacity to to fulfill. Shippers don't have to go out to the spot market and eat up the capacity and drive up rates. That's what's been happening really through 2019. And then aside from the March jump up, that's it. Right. Yeah. And if you check out last Friday's What the Truck for a deeper dive into the rift of the spot rates are forming between carriers and brokers. Uh, but, you know, as you said, yeah. 
Zach outlined <laughs> therein lies therein lies the reason, right? It's the volumes and it's the capacity. Yeah, we had a we had a great discussion on this, and it involved a lot of you who are in our comments section right now, including Chris from Martinez, who will be yeah. on right after our next story. Chris Jolly, he said he's looking forward to this episode. Happy Monday to everyone. Bobby Sendara, he says, Chris from Martinez. Uh, Tracy uh, Imelang says, good morning, all. Kevin Carter the third says, I'm ready for a freight party. Let's learn. You got it, KC3. <laughs> TJ Knudsen, he's going to be on today. He's in the comments. Chris Jolly, love it, sir. Sean Easter, welcome back Monday. Chris France. She is. Uh, she has a link here. Uh, Scott Watanabe, Motivation Monday, like making your bet in the morning. Yeah, see? There you go. My bet right here. I made better. Big reminder to everybody <laughs> on what every, they got to do. Every Monday and Friday, Dooner's got to make his bed. Man, we're going to talk about that meat supply chain a little later today, too. And that's, you yeah. know, I got my hardcore shirt on. I got my herbivore shirt, the hardcore herbivore. But, uh, you know, eventually those veggie burgers will be off the shelves, too. So I'm not getting all smug about it. Yeah, uh, yeah it, I wouldn't. <laughs> As, as some states aim to return to business as usual, a number of big chains are sitting out that first wave, right? Nobody wants to, nobody wants the bad PR or the moral responsibility of putting all their workers in harm's way. They kind of want to see what's going to happen in the market. Well, many state governor, governors have become anxious to get businesses back to operating as normal as possible. That's proving to be a challenge as some larger chains are not. And as this gets more and more politicized. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And the Wall Street Journal reports Macy's, Gap, TGI Fridays, they're among some of the big national retail chains or some of the big national chains, I should say, not just retailers. You got TGI Fridays in there that's saying they're going to sit out the first phase of opening. And so, like, you know, you got Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee's coming on, uh, citing health concerns and uncertain customer demand, which you hit right, right on the head, right? They, they don't want to be on the forefront there, go back to work and, and be one of those that are out there and then their employees start getting sick again. But also at the same time, these, these brick and mortar retailers are suffering, you know, huge losses and just, and maybe they want to test the water, see how this goes first before they start spending extra cash to open up, uh, the brick and mortar. Yeah, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, he announced last Monday that the state would reopen business on Friday at the end of the week, starting with retail locations such as gyms, barbershops, fitness centers, and bowling alleys. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont told CNBC something that I was kind of thinking when they said those are what they were going to open. He said, I think that things that come later are the things that Georgia opened up first, which surprised me, those things that have very close personal contact, like gym equipment, where you're, you're putting on weights and touching equipment and someone else is you know, breathing heavily on their Peloton. Yeah, I, I, that the gym surprised me as well. It, it just seemed like one of the le the last things that you would open up, right? Because <laughs> exactly what you're talking about uh, <laughs> it does concern me. But like most other places, the decisions are happening right in our backyard as well. As you know, in Tennessee, Governor Bill Lee said restaurants could open at half capacity beginning Monday today in 89 of Tennessee's 95 counties. But then you have the Chattanooga Time Free Press. Uh, the six largest counties, including Hamilton County, could make their own decisions. Then Hamilton County Major J Mayor Jim Cobbinger said he would reopen the county following the governor's guidelines. And then Chattanooga Mayor Andy Burke said the city will remain shut down to stop the spread of COVID-19. But the governor's executive order uh, left the decision whether to open the county health department to the county health departments, not the cities. So the Hamilton County Health Department is following the county mayor's guidelines Allowing everybody to reopen in mon on on Monday. So, um, uh, is it safe to come I, out yet? I mean, I'm not you, sure. Make... <laughs> I'm not sure what to do. <laughs> Amanda Miller, she says, and this this is from her. I'm not expressing a political opinion. She said Kemp is just trying to absolve the government from paying benefits of relief money 
he sucks. That that's her opinion, not mine. That's uh, uh and then Condessa Freight says, "Hello, dumbest guy in the room here." <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So is he offering <laughs> cheap freight rates? Is that what it is? I don't know. Is he the one taking the eighty-nine cent loads? Uh, he's, the, he's the one driving down the market. We've identified him. People, go get him. Let's call up our uh, let's call up our boy Christopher Martinez. He's the right CEO of Tricom Transport Network. <laughs> he has just started sticking his toe in this whole social media game, making these videos, talking about he's cooking in the cab. I have. He's been following me. I've been following him for a Sweet. couple of years now. Christopher Martinez, yes, welcome sir. to welcome to what the truck man. Thank you very much. I love watching you guys on a split screen making this seamless. You guys do it perfectly. I love it. <laughs> Maybe not on time, but perfectly once we get there, right? That's actually one yes, shot sir. of Dooner's bedroom. It's His bedroom is actually split in half. I'm actually sitting right next to him. <laughs> <laughs> like that roommate divider. How <laughs> you doing, what Christopher? studio. Christopher, you're used to thank you. You're used to small confined spaces, and uh, on this show we try to we try to represent everybody, bring in the voices from from the largest carriers in freight, from the CEOs of CH Robinson down to these single owner operators, guys like you who are out there just trying to crush the game. You're managing your your one truck, your operation. You're taking care of yourself on the road. And one of the reasons I wanted to invite you on big topic that had been going on, well, two things was the spot rate market. We'll get to that next, but the first is just finding something to eat. A lot of truck drivers complaining about rest stops being closed, drive throughs being too short, all of that garbage. But you have been cooking your truck for a long time, haven't you? Yes, sir. Many, many years now. <laughs> I haven't had any trouble eating. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's awesome, <laughs> Christopher. So tell me, Christopher, I, if I'm going to cook in a cab, all right, what, what kind of gear do yep. I need? What, what's your, what's your, your Christopher's guide to cab <laughs> cooking? I like the slow cooker. I started out with the slow cooker, recently added one of these copper hot plates that seems to be doing the trick. Um, I want to get one of these electric woks because I'm liking all these Asian dishes I'm seeing people cooking lately. There you go. I would imagine an air fryer over like a deep fryer, right? Like a fry daddy. You don't want hot oil. No, 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 <laughs> not a hot oil fry daddy. No. <laughs> hey, how do you feel? How do you feel about some of the support companies have been putting out there? On Friday, for example, a representative from Taco Bell actually reached out to me. They had transformed their headquarters in Irvine, California, into its first ever truck through for a limited time. A couple weeks ago, you're hearing about how trucks just can't get through the drive-throughs, obviously, and then for liability reasons, you can't just have truckers walking through the drive-through because they might get run over. So you have to come up with some solution. Taco Bell said, "Well, screw it. Come to our restaurant. We're going to make our own their own headquarters." You go there. And you can get a gordita Mexican pizza. It's all free for frontline workers. When you hear stuff like that, Christopher, does it does it make you uh, happy? Yes, it does. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a hell of a backup too, especially if they got a trailer on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> they, yeah, it's going to be. So let's see. It, we missed it last. Uh, they sent me this thing when I was actually on air last Friday, so I wasn't able to tell people about it. But this Friday, May first. From 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., it's in Irvine, California. It's their headquarters over there. If you drive a truck, head over that way. Get off the freeway with slightly less traffic out here in California. Although a lot of beachgoers over the weekend, but cut through that noise. Grab yourself a gordita. I've been there before. When I, I used to uh, do merchandising around there when I was a kid. I've been there. It's a humongous glass building. It says Taco Bell at the very top. 
<laughs> I've been there. Uh, hey, you, you know what? But before we move on to this topic of what's going on in the spot rate market and the contract make market and that video you put out where you talked about how you are keeping yourself moving, uh, what what's one recipe people can cook that's that's really good, really easy? They're just getting into this game of of feeding themselves on the road and trying to be healthy. So you get them in the bag at Walmart, throw them in the hot plate with some uh, olive oil and some onions, and then kind of soften them up. Throw the marinara sauce right on top. You can put some sausages in there, chop them up, some kind of an Italian sausage. Oh, I love it. It takes about 10 minutes. Bam. <laughs> it's that easy. Nice, man. So it's awesome, Christopher. This video. I'm sorry. You posted a video online Thank talking you. about establishing a relationship with Coyote, and that's helped you avoid taking some of these low-paying loads on the load board. You've heard the you've heard the arguments. You've been a part of some of these arguments. What do you make of the whole situation, and how are you getting ahead of it? Well, I uh, use Coyote. Uh, I was using them long before. I've been trying to form relationships since January when I started this league. Um, I've been you know calling around. I posted my own little promo. You saw it, the one with the yellow truck. Um, then it really started getting bad. I really started getting closer and closer with Mr. Rusnick and uh, Coyote, and it seems to be paying off. Uh, I'm on a spot market load today, you know, one of them nice swift loads you were just talking about, and it paid over $2 a mile. Not bad. So I'm impressed with that. Not bad at all. But uh, I usually work with Coyote, try to uh, give them the first right of refusal for my capacity wherever I go into. They know I'm going to be in Virginia on Wednesday. So he's like, all right, let me try to find some. If I can, I'll let you know. Bam. I always give them that opportunity first. So Christopher, where do you see this rip between, you know, carriers, carriers and brokers? Cause obviously you, you've learned how to play this game and you're, you're getting a, you're getting a, a good rate on this load that you got here and you've got coyotes taking care of you. They know where you're going to be on the, on your next move. How do you accomplish that? Well, you just work with them. You, you, uh, yeah. you're, yeah. a really good idea. Get on LinkedIn and start talking about them a lot. <laughs> and that, that seems to draw their attention from what I've noticed. And um, everybody, everybody gets noticed. You get noticed. They get noticed. It's a really good thing, man. I agree. I mean, that's, that even happens when you when you write articles or stories or anything. Like sometimes you're like, you know what? Uh, you know, we like this company, but this is news. We got to report it. And you think they might be pissed off and never talk to you again. And, and it turns a lot of times it ends up being the other way around. Yep. That's right. I, I do most of that stuff on LinkedIn, too. It seems to get better attention. Facebook is uh, more of a clickbait platform. Oh. <laughs> Link, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a very kind of realistic stuff. You're getting it from the CEOs. It's genuine. It's more legitimate uh, news as well. Yeah, no offense to Facebook, yeah. but like my opinion of Facebook tends that it ten, that tends to be where you go. You want to go if you want to complain about something, but not really solve a problem where, where LinkedIn, you can actually talk to people who can make a difference. And to me, that's a better place to put your energy than just complaining about anything like uh, on the message boards or that i get people like to vent you get some free time you're parked you're doing your 10 hours but at the same time it, just just consider using that same amount of energy that you would be to complaining to build some of these relationships because then you can find those good two dollar lanes and you can make those relationships where you're getting that freight before it ends up in that spot market that's right that's the goal that's my ambition hey christopher how do people reach out and learn more uh well i've got a facebook page i've got a linkedin page um Christoph Martinoff on Facebook. I I post a few more videos there because it's a little less professional of an atmosphere. <laughs> uh, you can also you can reach out to me uh, here on LinkedIn, Christopher Martinez. 
Christopher, thank you so much. Uh, I know you were a little nervous. You you did an amazing job today, and I look forward to having you back in the future. I'm extremely nervous. I'm shaking. Uh, (laughs) You you did great, man. Now take a a lap around your truck. Take it easy, dude. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Christopher. He was great. By the way, new sonar user, too. Yeah, he's no. Yeah, he he's awesome, and, he, and he's got and he's got it right. And I didn't mean to stump him with that question or, or ask a, a really vague question, but it's it's building that relationship and working through that that LinkedIn and talking, and uh, that's how you get things done, right? I mean, it's it's the it's it's the 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 networking and and so on and so forth that that builds those relationships, uh, working together, not standing around with a sign complaining. Yeah, Jake McLeod, he said, love it, Chris, working with brokers the right way. Sadly, it's my competition and not me, but I love it all the same. Haha, <laughs> brokers provide a ton of value to smaller carriers and owner ops like Mr. Martinez. And that's the thing. If you're leveraging your broker relationships the right way, they are kind of acting like a sales and marketing arm for you. They're securing that freight for you. But if you just get in that transactional relationship where you're just trying to race to the bottom, trying to match rates on loads, you're, oh, you're kind of a part of the problem. You're the one who's, who's, who's putting that anchor on the, the spot rate market. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And Christopher is a, is a prime example of the exact opposite, doing it the right way, building those relationships, uh, fostering those relationships, and, and doing it the right way and building it up. We got Wayne Craig coming up now, too. Another driver. Another right. driver is going to join us. Very as the owner operator, social media influencer. He was in a recent article on FreightWaves.com. He's worked in the hotel and service industry. He knows all about it. He knows what the jury hotel is doing. Wayne Craig, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. That was quite the introduction. I've got to make sure Michael Buffer's out of bed. You know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, I appreciate uh, you guys having me on. i got a question for you, man. Well, oh, wait, Mark Horowitz says, keep trucking, Christopher. Uh, Christopher Martinez says, thank you. So thank you all, guys, for what you had to say to Christopher. I don't know if you had to hear what he said, but he was giving some information and some uh, on how he's keeping his operations moving. Well, a lot of other truckers are complaining about, you know, lower rates on the spot market, finding really crappy lanes. How, how are you keeping operations going? Yeah, I, I've, I've been kind of lucky because, uh, you know, I'm an owner of lease purchase, so I don't outright own um, the owner operator thing with my own authority. And I did that on purpose uh, back in 2018. I work with Pam and I work, uh, well, I should be doing uh, fireside uh, I'm sorry, a trucker side chat with uh, Dan Cushman's uh, email CEO and president. They keep me running. I did a, uh, I did an automotive lane, and obviously we know they shut down. So right now I'm just doing over the road stuff, and they, uh, it, it, obviously we all have lost miles, but it's been consistent. I'm working, which is important. That's awesome, Wayne. So uh, let me ask you this: So how did you go from hospitality to trucking? Where uh, uh, uh-huh. and how is there a crossover there? Is there, you see similarities or anything or what? Well, I, you know, I, for seven years, um, I did, uh, did the hospitality management thing and I kind of specialized in going into broken departments, uh, housekeeping departments, laundry, and, and basically fixing them within a year, a lot of turnover, a lot of stuff like that. Very, it's, uh, pretty stressful. And I went through the great recession, survived that as well. And, uh, I was on my last place, um, on an island, um, in Washington state. And I had basically just, just had enough. I was really burnt out. And uh, it, I really, to be honest with you, I was having some issues with the, with the boss, the immediate boss over there. And I just decided I had enough. Um, it, it was high stress enough. And I ended up getting out. And uh, it was really, I, I'm a photographer as well. And uh, my best friend from the Navy, Rich Campbell, was director of the C1 school in Springfield. Uh, they worked with Driver Solutions. They get you know people into the system. And he called me up and said, Wayne, 
he was a truck driver his whole life. He's like, you need to get into truck driving. You really do. It helped with your photography, which it has immensely helped my photography. And uh, just get in places where, you know, beautiful photos can be taken. And he's like, and you can obviously manage yourself. You manage other people. And that's where I made the switch. I uh, really needed a job as well after I left. And uh, I was like, I've been trucking ever since. Hey, you recently went to, you've been making videos. Uh, we'll get into your social media presence and we'll talk a little bit about that. But part of that was you going to the Jury Hotels to check out their deal that they got. I think it's like $59, includes a couple meals at 150 of their hotels. Pretty cool, especially because hotels are down 90% in capacity, every industry getting battered. But what was your experience over there? Uh, you know, it, it was incredible. Uh, that type of rate at $59, anyone who's been in the industry and the average daily rate, when I went through the Great Recession, we were on the ocean, on the Pacific Ocean. We we were hit hard. Out of the 114 units I used to take care of, a lot of times we would only have two or three people a night for a couple months. So I understood and I understand what uh, Drury's is going through. At $59 a night, um, at 150 locations, only nine do not have truck parking. Like the Frisco one that I was at did not have truck parking. But I knew that. I bobtailed. I parked off-site at a safe place. And then they give two free grab-and-go meals. So you know, if you're in the industry, that they're not going to be making any profit at all on $59 a night at two grab-and-goes. They're just keeping us being able to have a great rate to go in get out. It was awesome. I was out of my truck for the first time. I've been running since uh, New Year's Day. And also, they keep their uh, their people running. I'm sorry, not running, but uh, busy. And the housekeepers, everyone, uh, you know, with the job and employees. So if you're a truck driver and you want to get out of your truck, and we're on day number, on my count, number 46th day of the pandemic, and, and you want to get out of the truck, this is an incredible deal at $59 to grab and go. And if you pay for parking, and if you've been getting Grubhub or DoorDash or anything like that, it just pays for itself, in my opinion. It, it's, it's an offer that was just something. I went straight to there and spent last night there, and I'm ready to go today. Waiting to <laughs> Fresh legs. Awesome. That's awesome, Wayne. So, hey, Wayne, you've you've done a, a really good job and worked hard to establish a good presence on social media. So how how, how important has that, has that been to you in your career and reaching out to the trucking community? It's, it's, I've been doing it eight years now. I started uh, – blogging the uh, like the second day i was at the c1 school driver solutions reached out to me and asked if i would be willing to be a student and talk about you know my my school time and then when i first got in the truck and i did that i and it's still out there everything's still out there it turned into uh just kind of a blog type thing working with uh derek mclean with driver solutions it got bigger got bigger we took maybe a maybe not less than a year off and we got right back at it again started blogging in Chicago, oh, my first vlog was horrible. It was like 52 takes it took me. <laughs> so you're seeing four years, what you guys are seeing now. It was horrible. Um, and, and, you know, I was sitting right by the ESPN in Chicago trying to get it done. And Derek's like, I was off work. He's like, go get a beer or something. You sound horrible. Wow. <laughs> and so <laughs> nice. what it's done for me, what it's done for me, though, is open up doors that I never thought, like getting the networking that um, I never thought was possible. Just just getting on LinkedIn and meeting you you all and, and uh, meeting everybody else. But even in that eight eight years, I was able to um, meet CEOs and, and just get that thing that a lot, of, a lot of truckers never get a chance to do. And it's important to me. I kept at it. You know, eight years is a long time. Hey, Wayne, this is why Kevin Hill and I on Put That Coffee Down Wednesdays at 12 noon, we talk all the time 
about using LinkedIn and really leveraging that, especially in supply chain, especially in trucking, because there haven't been these these networks that are really hard to enter. A lot of people are just sort of building their, their tribes now, building their groups now. There's no better time than the present to really build up your presence there and start making those connections because they can really come in handy. As Christopher said, when uh, rates go to, to hell like they had, especially if you're exposed to that spot market. Oh, it, it is. And LinkedIn, in my opinion now with LinkedIn, I've gotten in touch with a whole different group of people in the trucking industry than I have on my uh, my main, my first page was Trucker Wayne. Now the one I run by myself, I branched off as Trucker Wayne Veteran Charities. Uh, it's just a, it's just a whole different group of people and, and a whole networking thing where I'm bringing to me with my message, I'm bringing the truckers on my Facebook page and then I'm bringing the, a lot, a lot of the executives, a lot of people like you guys on your show together to be able to hear my experience as a truck driver and what I think is important out here. I think it's, I think it's huge, um, that LinkedIn just, just opened up a door that I didn't think was possible. I just got on there. I was told it was a place to be and I was happy I did it. That's something we've really, Michael and I really try to leverage on this show too, is to just bring in as many diverse voices as, as possible. And one of the reasons for that is, is I used to go to a lot of industry conferences in the past where I was with Freightways, and it was always just the same people and the same executives, but a lot of them weren't even in operative roles. Most, none of them were drivers, of course, and a lot of them were just sales executives. So you wouldn't actually, you'd, you'd only get a, a piece of the conversation and you'd have a lot of people just repeating marketing dialogue and, and saying the same. It, it was so uninformed in a lot of ways, a lot of these conversations they're having, where I want to hear from the people actually doing the work, as well as those who are at the top of the chain. Yeah, and it's and, and very well said. And that's where, when I come in with the blog, I, I kind of like, okay, I, I now on LinkedIn, I'm able to see the, the supply side and the, and the uh, seeing other issues that I never saw just specifically on my Facebook page. So yes, absolutely, because I'm getting ideas, a lot of ideas for my videos, reading different articles, getting different points of view. Brokers, the brokers now, that's been, a, I know you guys were talking about it um, earlier, and I talked about it on a podcast I was on about my opinion on the broker thing is that when we go through a pandemic, I won't get off too too much off topic, but on LinkedIn, I was I was really starting to understand. Wow, this broker thing—you're really, really, you know, one dollar a mile. My feeling is, is that when we have a pandemic, there should be a one fifty or one seventy five cap, and you can't go below it. But I didn't ever known that. Just if I stuck on Facebook to talk about your issue, where I'm getting all these different points of view now, and I just think, oh, this is really interesting. I've learned in the last six months more about the trucking industry, in my opinion, than I learned for these seven and a half years before that. Hey, you got a lot of fans in the comments right now, too. Chris Jolly said, what is up, Wayne? Listening to your recent <laughs> podcast with Trucking for Millennials. I met those PDQ guys at Gats. Very cool young kids trying to bring younger people into the industry and bring uh, and get this information out there. Love all the content creators who are doing what they're doing. Gregory Grimes says, great insights, Wayne. Your perspective is so valuable, and your voice needs to be Heard. Uh, he didn't. He didn't finish it. He's leaving us on a cliffhanger. But I think he's saying heard. <laughs> Speaking of cliffhangers, we have to have you back on soon. Uh, we do have to get to our next call. But how do people reach out, learn more? How do they follow you? Yeah. So um, I am. I'm on Facebook at uh, Trucker Wayne Veteran Charities. My old page, Trucker Wayne, is still out there. If you want to see me, some of the stuff I did for the new truckers, I'm also a photographer Wayne Craig Photography and Adventures. That's my biggest page by far. And on LinkedIn, it's just Wayne Craig, C-R-A-G-G. And I look forward to, to meeting everybody. I keep up with everyone. I live in my truck. I have time to respond. So if you, if you get with me, I'll get back with you. Wow, awesome stuff. Thank Excellent. you so much for joining us, Wayne. Uh, Mark Hurwitz, he said, great info, Wayne. 
LinkedIn is the spot. I mean, this is coming from people on LinkedIn, so they might be a little bit biased, but uh, <laughs> I have to agree with them, right? I what have to. I, I, I certainly have to agree with them. It, it definitely is the place, and you just heard it from two guys who are using it quite effectively. We have uh, one more caller. It's TJ Knutson. Hope I said that properly. TJ Knutson. I was saying Knutson. 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 But it's Knutson? Let's We're going to find out. We will. TJ Knutson? Do I get that right? Knutson. Knutson. Yeah. Knutson. 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 There we go. <laughs> Scandinavian. It'll get you. You are uh, Vice President of Operations over at Metatrade, Inc., uh, which is located over, what, in the Indianapolis area? Are you excited for the Philip Rivers era? Uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, it's a little more north than I'm a Bears fan. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll take uh, Philip Rivers, so, you know, any oh. day. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jake Cutler, yeah, sad news with him, right? He's came in Christine yeah, Cavalry 10 we've, years. We've, We've moved on from him. We, it's, you don't bring that name up my, in my, my dad's house, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Trubisky, so uh, TJ, Mike Vincent here. Trubisky was from my high school, Mentor High School, so not a whole lot of luck with him either, eh? Woo. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> What's the market looking yeah. like from your end, TJ? Um, I mean, it's looking, uh, you know, vessels are moving more now. Uh, you know, stuff's moving out of China. Uh, you know, coming over in, uh, in, in India, South Korea, uh, you know, place like that, which was good news because that wasn't moving at all um, there for a while. Um, right now is uh, storage. So, yeah. Oh, little rock. Uh, oil or, or fuel. Can, can you hear me now? Yeah, a little bit better now. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's uh, the vessels are moving, um, you know, out of, out of China and other places like that. Uh, a lot of them are being used for storage. So, uh, you know, the commodities will start moving here more. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a pandemic. I mean, it's, it's, it's a market right now that, that isn't uh, something you plan on. It's not like, you know, produce season's coming or, you know, you know, uh, you know certain things coming. It's just you got to adjust on the fly. So, uh, TJ, Mike, Vincent here. So, can you can, can you kind of go into what kind of role you play between the shipper and the carrier, and has uh, you know has that become more important during the pandemic? Kind of give us a flavor for that. Absolutely, um, it, it's huge right now. Um, you know, you look at uh, Christopher there. Uh, you know the way the way he's uh, adapted to build relationships. It's kind of the same way. Um, you want you want to come out of this with um, without carriers. Uh, you know. Yeah, you know we're blacklisted. You you want to come out of this with with carriers saying, man, I, I want to work with this guy. He's helped me out. Um, you know, but it's it's tough. You know, brokerage. Um, you know, they a lot of them go into this, uh, especially depending on their customers, go into this season uh, expecting. Um, you know, if they've got produce or whatnot, just expecting the usual, right? Um, they make money all year. They say they've got a uh, you know a, a paper uh, company or something down in Georgia, and uh, they just get hammered on rates. Produce. Hey TJ, this is the pay it forward episode. TJ, this is the Pay It Forward episode of the show. We've been highlighting a lot of the things companies have been doing to to give back, to take a little bit of the focus off some of the, the negativity going on in the world because we just did truckers versus brokers. So want to balance that a little bit. I know you posted a video driving past some food trucks parked on the side of the road. What are some of the things yep. that you have seen that, that have been supportive of trucking and supply chain that's really caught your attention? Yeah, yeah, that, there was an actual, uh, like a sign, like a lit up sign, like for construction that said food trucks at the next stop. So I, I had to pull in. Uh, it was a local rib place too. That was pretty cool. Um, right there at the, at the uh, rest area truck stop. Um, they're doing that. I mean, I had my guys, um, get, uh, masks and gloves together and we took them to the shippers. Um, I, I've, uh, I've done the truck stop thing and usually, you know, you don't want to, you know, bother them there, let them, let them rest. But, 
um, you know, taking the shippers and, and trying to get them uh, distributed out to some people that, you know, may not have them and at least get them into uh, circulation. Um, you, you've, you've seen a lot of that. You've seen a lot, you know, you've seen a lot of support online and whatnot, and a lot of shippers doing uh, certain things with meals and, um, you know, uh, opening up parking. You've seen a lot of that uh, going on, but um, it's just, um, it just varies, but it's, it's good to see some, some people actually making some moves. Hey, TJ, how do people reach out and learn more? I know you've been putting some great videos up on LinkedIn talking about everything from, from rates to the role that you guys play in brokerage to those food trucks I just mentioned on the side of the highway. Um, yeah, you can just reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I'll message me there. Uh, you can call the, the hashtag handle it. Um, that, that's kind of uh, the mantra I've had for, for quite a while, and I think it plays uh, even a bigger role. Uh, you know, to just you know, you got to handle it right now. Um, so uh, you can follow that hashtag if you want. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's good stuff. It's just like you, you guys had mentioned, you know, it's, it's, it's time now to, you know, everything's down a little bit to network and, and kind of build your, your base and, and grow a little bit. TJ, thanks so much for joining us today. Sorry we were slightly delayed getting to you, but everything is, uh, is up and running now. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Excellent stuff. Thanks, TJ. Yeah. Now it's time to hear from Emily Zink, right? Send yeah, up, yeah, we're 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 waiting on it. We're waiting on Emily right now, Dooner. But uh... <laughs> oh, oh, where where is the zinc? <laughs> where is she? The zinc has gone missing for the moment. Oh, okay. Uh, but hey, interesting well. perspectives, though, Dooner. Seriously, we're talking to these guys for you know three di- three different people. The, the same take on this whole, just talking from the, the broker trucker rift that's going on, right? Then you find it, I find it very interesting that you're, you're hearing these very positive, you need to work together, you need to collab, collaborate with each other, standing around with a sign and complaining and protesting or whatever, isn't getting it done. Build those relationships, right? Shane Usler, he says, very informative stuff. And he also said, good stuff, TJ. Yeah, we're trying to get a, a, some different perspectives, get that trucker and both that broker perspective. Uh, you're, you're hearing the people who are winning out, right? We're hearing a common theme upon winning out. And it's, it's something that you hear so often. I think people kind of blank it out relationship, 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 but follow these guys who are, who are putting in these, and these women who are creating these great relationships and are not getting nearly as hammered by the spot market. You're going to benefit greatly from it. And so is your staff. If you are, if you're running a trucking company, you have a number of employees, the more money you guys make, the more you insulate yourself from, from these bad environments, the more people you can keep on and the less people that end up in the unemployment line, the better the economies and the higher the rates go up. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, dude. It's perfect. Let's start it right now. I'm going to hire myself as the host of Big Deal, Little Deal for right now. All right, dude, let's do according, it. According to Sourcing Journal, a Korean textile group cries foul as Kohl's cancels $100 million in place to parallel orders. Is that a big deal or is that a little deal? Uh, what, well, <laughs> the cancellation of orders, et cetera, the $100 million is a big deal. And I think the way that if you dig into this, the, you know, one of the bigger deals is the way that Coles actually did this with, with, without any consultation, uh, no force majeure, no nothing, just, just cut, not working with them, not working through credit lines or anything like that. Just cut these type of things and, and jeopardize, uh, you know, all these different economies across, across the world. So yeah, man, if we look- I, I'm calling it a big deal. I think it is, too. If we look at the supply chain as a tension wire, right, you smack the harder you smack it with the bat, the more it's going to ripple across the entire thing. And now that purchasing in the United States, things go get get closed down. Then Kohl's carries a lot of apparel, right? Yeah. Uh, Apparel has a life cycle of about uh, four to six weeks and it loses 80 percent of its value. So Kohl's relies also in a lot of places getting overstocked, getting shipments like that, that they put on their shelves. 
The the factory though, the factory overseas in Taiwan and and or was it Korean or Taiwan? I think the factory itself was in Taiwan, right? Taiwan <laughs> hasn't been hit as hard nearly as some other places. I, all of their citizens have very low contraction rate, but even there, because now their partners are getting hit all across the supply chain, they are at risk of having to get rid of some people. Yeah, right. It reverberates right, right straight through the straight through the supply chain. So yeah, big deal, big deal. And guess what? Take a guess. What's up? The is, zinc is, is in the house. All right, Emily, we're on number two now. <laughs> well, I don't think they have my camera set. Oh, up, they don't have so, a cam- they don't yeah. have a camera set. So, all right, so throw it at me, dude. Uh, all right, I'll do it, Dooner. So, according to the Wall Street Journal, Adidas uh, said its first quarter net profit dropped ninety five percent as sales tumbled, and it warned of an even bigger hit in the second quarter of the year. Big deal, little deal. Yeah, earnings fell at an in, uh, a very interesting time this year, didn't they? Uh, the, just some of the effects of the coronavirus were in the Q1s. The Q2s are really going to be reflective of just how damaging this event has been. 95% yeah. drop in profit. I mean, that's what is what does a company like Adidas do in a situation like that? We already have one-fifth of the American workforce on unemployment. I understand Adidas is, is based in Germany, but they got sales all throughout the world, and this is why it has been hit so hard. They said that online sales were up 35%. Good for that, but that doesn't nearly compensate for the amount of walk-in and retail that has been lost in all this time. And this is just the beginning of the story. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, it's a big deal because it just keeps piling on each other. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. It, it just, and it's coronavirus. What happens in this in Q2, Q3 as we try and come out of this? Those are going to be really interesting stories, and hopefully they're very positive. But yeah, it's just a big deal because you're right. Now what happens? Looks yeah. like uh, I'm on TV and ready to go. So I Look apologize, Dooner. My life is at home right now, so I was fixing something on the agenda. So. <laughs> I apologize for the delay, but I'm just making sure we have the best product out there on May 5th through 7th. So we're on number three. You guys did fabulous, though, in my absence, so you might not even need me. Um, recently, President Trump announced a 90-day duty deferral option that allows for delayed deposits of certain customs that were due between March 1st and April 30th. This will provide some relief to importers and brokers during the coronavirus pandemic. Michael Vincent, big deal or little deal? All right, I'm going to go off in a different way. I'm going to say little. <laughs> I'm going to say little deal on this one. The last two were big. Were, were both big deals and very passionate about those. I'm going to say this is a smaller deal. It's a great thing. Money is good, and, and anytime you can save money to help the economy moving, uh, this is not across the board. It's very select, and you there's a lot of red tape to get through it, like 60 percent uh, year over year reduction in receipts, et cetera, and it's only specific commodities that type of thing, um, and it's a deferral of payment. So. Yeah, yeah, it helps, but it's not a huge deal. I I think it's a pretty big deal. And one of the brokers said it best in the article. Every dollar counts right now, Agreed. especially when they're looking at these bottom line numbers. And then when you're looking on even how to bring trade flows, these duty deferments will will make it more attractive to to bring, to enhance cross-border trade. There's a lot of people along the supply chain who works there. So um, I think anything that can I think in normal times, big, not big deal. Right. If there wasn't a pandemic, no big deal at all. Eh, whatever. You know, we'll, businesses will figure that out. But right now it's one less stress point on them. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty big deal. All right. Well, a force majeure clause in a contract is designed to protect a shipper or carrier against, quotes, acts of God. But some attorneys are skeptical, saying a pandemic cannot trigger that. Dooner, is this a big deal or a little deal? 
Well, I phoned a friend for this one. I reached out to my dad, who is uh, vice president of Roanoke Insurance. He's on the board over there. He knows everything about marine cargo insurance that you could hope to know. And he said, he said, I'm sure there will be suits against insurance companies because most had longer standing exclusions. Most policies are designed to cover economic loss from a physical loss or damage on the property and or wartime, almost impossible for the insurance industry to plan and set aside reserves for a catastrophe like this, meaning that most policies aren't, they're contracts, right? They're insurance contracts or insurance policies. They're not written with uh, an event like this happening. I did ask him though, because in that article, it was like, should one of the brokers said, should we put a, a zombie invasion clause in there? So I asked my dad that if there were a zombie invasion, would that be covered under wartime clauses? And he actually said, you know what? I think a lawyer probably could argue that it was. So shippers out there, this isn't advice or anything, but if there's a zombie invasion, you might be okay. What do you think, Vincent? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he said big deal or little deal, but it was very interesting and very informative. Well, it's, a, like... it's, a, it's a big deal because I, all right, I'm just any, trying to get you to commit so I can agree or disagree. Okay, That's all. Big deal. So if there's if there's insurance, if there's companies out there that were like, well, we're going to be covered by force majeure, so we don't have to worry about those losses. Now they realize that they are going to have to experience those losses. They may yeah. make more headcount cuts. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think it's a big deal. It's a very important in how they and and how they interpret interpret this language, right? And be, because this is it covers what it covers acts of God, right? So is this is this virus act of God or isn't it? And, and like you said, it it's not. It wasn't written with the spirit of or or the idea that there was going to be this sudden economic worldwide global boom, uh, every pandemic happening and everything shutting down at once. And so the liabilities here are, are enormous. Uh, if they just say, "Yeah, force majeure covers it," so they've got to figure that out. Big deal. And that's that. It's that physical component that he was talking about. Although the, yeah. the force majeure clauses, it's 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 looking at tidal waves, right? It's looking at forest fires. It's looking at it's looking at tornadoes, hurricanes, all of those kind of things that yeah. can disrupt the ship and physically damage the cargo. Well, the cargo actually didn't get physically damaged by this. It just couldn't move. Yeah, yeah. It's not a singular. It's it's it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I that's think exactly this will right. be an argument for a while. And this is another thing that a lot of people are arguing. Tyson Foods is warning that meat shortages are likely as plants continue to shut down and the supply chain crumbles. Vincent, what do you think about this one? Big deal or a little deal? <laughs> yeah, we talked about this earlier. Yes. It, obviously, our, our supply chain and uh, food shortages or meat shortages are a big deal, and we, not, we need to keep them, we need to keep them, uh, you know, the workers safe. We need to keep them up and running so that we don't have food shortages, uh, meat shortages, et cetera. Of course, some would argue that they don't care if there's a meat shortage, vegans, et cetera. But personally, I'd be upset if there was a meat shortage. That is a big deal. The story to me, when I go back behind the lines and, and read what is going on, most plants are still up and running. Yes, there is this issue, just like it's hitting everywhere else. Most of them are still online. Most of those that were shut down are actually coming back online or already have with new measures in place. It is a big deal to keep everybody safe and to keep these things open and to keep the supply chain moving. Um, but the story seems a little bit late because it, it, it seems like it's week a week old or, or two weeks behind when you dig into the details of what's actually going on. I think it's a big deal. See, uh, the other day I was I was on Twitter and my buddy Chris Thornton he tweeted out that meat is the no toilet paper, and I said, "Wow, Jesus, that does not sound comfortable at all." But he was talking about that it's, it's just another, it's another. It's another commodity that's hard to find, right? It's, it's another thing that when you go into stores, you're not going to be able to get it there. And I think that when you start seeing food disappear, toilet paper is one thing. When you start seeing meat disappear and people are still in lockdown and stuff, that's when people just start the psyche of it. You just start getting more and more nervous. And uh, then you'll start coming for, you know, you'll start coming for my, the word was right in there, plants, right? You'll start coming for my plants, my veggie burgers.
and theirs won't, won't be there for me. But if that happens too, everyone starts going to frozen burgers or frozen meat, immediately you're going to see all those things disappear from the shelves too. So this is going to have a ripple effect that goes through the food supply chain. It could, it could be pretty devastating, especially if there's more plant shutdowns. Some of these plants, when there's been an infection in there, we have seen these things spread like wildfire. I don't think we could unhear you saying meat is the new toilet paper. That's just... Uh, that's another t-shirt, yeah. Dooner. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm another shirt. My that's another truck shirt we got to get for made. Well, CR England donates 4 million meals during this pandemic. Dooner, is this a big deal or a little deal? It's a big deal because it's not one of those things that they just propped up because they want to be a part of the coronavirus and the coronavirus goodwill and be involved in the marketing. We, we've seen a lot of commercials, right? A lot of commercials. There's actually a YouTube video that highlights how almost every single corporate commercial that's addressing the coronavirus is exactly the same with slow piano music playing, empty streets, a person in a mask. I mean, it's all the same thing. CR England, not them, not them. No, no. They've been doing these donations to food banks uh for longer than 2018, so they are just ratcheting up the program that they already had in existence. Good on you, CR England. I'm I'm with Dooner on this one. Big deal, and and for all the exact same reasons. It's not just a publicity stunt. This is CR England. This is how they operate. Well, this is an interesting one. Taiwan has kicked off a new baseball season with cardboard fans in the stands. We may be seeing that here, too. Vincent, is this a big deal or a little deal? It's a bizarre deal is <laughs> yeah. what it is. <laughs> um, so what it underlines or underscores or or makes me fear is a very big deal that we would have to open college football season with just cardboard cardboard cutouts in the stands um is it a big deal that they did it uh, no i think it's kind of interesting uh, uh it, and and bizarre it, it's kind of cool the pictures are kind of cool they actually had people holding 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 signs and some of the some of the uh, uh cardboard cutouts had 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 masks on, right? For, for proper <laughs> safety, which is, sure. which is kind of, which is kind of, which is kind of cool. So my, Why not all of them, who's the irresponsible cardboard cutout in that crowd? They weren't all, right? So it, it's, it's everybody's point of view is represented there. It's, 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 it's diverse. So, uh, but it, the, the scary thought is that we would have to do that here. Uh, that, that kind of scares me a little bit for, especially for our economy as well, because it's a big portion of the American economy is obviously sports. Uh, but, but this event is, is a little deal. It's an interesting deal uh it's in a big is i i mean i don't know if the fans are necessary i think that almost makes it look even creepier to me like it's like yeah. an atom, nuclear bomb testing site and it looks like uh like the the older sports video games where all the crowd was just these sort of cardboard cutouts in the stands uh it, it, yeah it's a, it's a little it's a big i guess it's a big deal they're letting baseball go i i know that in here in the united states they've been thinking of a number of different ways to get that involved kind of using the uh the spring training system of the grapefruit league and and what they got going on in arizona uh you know we, we do need entertainment as long as it's going to last but i think all of us now just because of the way things are going with with all these different messages from governors and and the president beyond none of us really even know how long things are going to be shut down or we're inside it's very hard to it's very hard to plan, and you're seeing this in sports leagues who are like, well, cardboard fans for now. I wonder if you could ask to be one of those cardboard fans. Like if you're a big fan of the Yankees, for example, you could say, hey, I'll pay X amount of dollars. That'd be a good marketing thing, honestly. To have a cardboard think, yeah, made that, a likeness yeah, of yourself? Yeah. That's well, you a good have to way buy to make licenses. money. You have to buy seat licenses at some stadiums, and I think if you do, if you have to, if you supposedly have to buy that seat, then you should be able to have your cardboard cut out in I it. think so. I think that's, that's really a good. That's, good that, point. That would be cool if you could look in the stands and you could still see your friends behind home plate or see someone you know. I think that would be a cool way to do it. But we got a bonus question today. Freight Waves Live at Home is happening May 5th through 7th, so next Tuesday through Thursday. 
both of you. Is this a big deal or a little deal? Of it's, course it is. It's Freight the biggest Wave of big deals. Live is coming to you in the comfort of your home. Join us May 5th to 7th to experience the next wave of technology and fascinating insights to repair your business for the future. So far, 2020, you know it. You watch the show. It's been highly unpredictable with plenty of Black Swan events taking place in the election year of all times. This May at Freight Waves Live at Home, we'll give you the solutions necessary to thrive in these volatile times. And you don't even need to get dressed. You hear that? You don't have to get dressed. You can send your cardboard cutout. Tune into Freight Waves TV from 9 a.m. to uh, in the late in the afternoon, right? Eastern time each day to hear the experts address the latest trends affecting freight and transportation. You'll hear from disruptive unicorns. How badass does that sound? We're going to have and unicorns see, there? Uh, disruptive ones at that. Holy God, I have no idea. Everywhere. <laughs> and seasoned giants. What will they be seasoned with? I uh, <laughs> Pepper. Get Christopher back on the line. Wasn't he a chef? Yes, he was. He was like a little nutmeg. <laughs> now, it's going to be dope, though. We're going to have these. I just saw the Slack channel that we're going to deploy on there so you can keep that network going on. I'll put that coffee down. We were talking about how how many business deals are done at these events. And when you take that off the market, I mean, this, that's just another ripple effect of all these things being closed, all these deals, especially during contract season, don't get signed. Well, now you can bring it on virtually. All you got to do is adapt. That's all you got to do. And guess what? You don't have to register. Don't have to get dressed. Freightwaves.com Tuesday. Not this Tuesday. Next one. <laughs> so dude, I, I'm going to agree with him that it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. I'm not going to go through everything that he just said. But, yes, May 5th and through the 7th, right? 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Badass, dare I say. What else is coming up, Emily? Well, of course, we have all of our regular programming to kind of get you excited and ramped up for at home. We're going to be talking about that all week. So tomorrow we have great quarter guys at 2 p.m. And, of course, our coronavirus freight market update at noon. So you can catch that. Wait a little bit. Eat your lunch in between and catch great quarter guys right after. On Wednesday, of course, put that coffee down as you did a little plug for it on today's show, which I love. That will happen at noon Eastern time. And then at 2 o'clock, Freightnomics. We also have with Sonar happening at 4 o'clock. Then on Thursday, another coronavirus freight market update. That happens at noon. And we have freight forecasting with Michael Vincent at 4. And then again on Friday, we have What the Chocolate Dooner. You'll be doing that one solo because we are setting up here to get ready for Freightways Live at home. So it'll be live from Dooner's bedroom on Friday. So, yeah, excited for that. I'll adapt to it. Hey, this put that coffee down this week and it'll be exciting too. It's going to be about entrepreneurship. A lot of people, right? 26 million Americans lost their jobs in the past five weeks. That's one-fifth of the American workforce. And the only good to come of that is that people are going to get entrepreneurial. They're going to react like we always do as Americans. They're going to pick themselves up, and they're going to start some of their own companies. And some of the best ideas to hit humanity might be incubating right now. So we're going to be talking all about uh, entrepreneurship, starting your business up from day one from the bottom and bringing it up to, uh, to profitability, how to market it, all that kind of stuff, talking to some people if they've got any plans to do that while they uh well they're well they're navigating the storm. Sounds badass, right? It does. We actually have um I'm excited. We have a talk on Freightwaves Live at home that's kind of around that. Steve Ferreira and Ellen, unfortunately I cannot pronounce Ellen's last name, but she is an author um, writing all about entrepreneurs and it's the same thing, kind of they even got a little creative. If you have, you know, the means to pay for your food, to pay for your rent, and you got that stimulus check 
What are some ways to market yourself with that check you got? Um, interesting ways talking about building your LinkedIn brand, building a website for cheap, having your own website like timdooner.com. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to that? Um, so that's actually one of our talks. So that ties in perfectly with Put That Coffee Down. So just a little teaser of what you'll see on Freight Waves at home. You can rewatch this show on the Freight Waves TV app. Download that for free. Also on YouTube, follow Freight Waves on all of our social channels. Catch these live shows at noon every single day. Like Emily said, live and interactive. We love answering your questions. Subscribe to Freightcast uh, on your favorite podcast player of choice. You'll get every single Freight Waves podcast. Or you can just look up What the Truck if this is all you want. But I don't know why you'd do that. Uh, let's just give a couple of shout outs here. William Sigma, Crystal France. Shane Usler, we got to him earlier. Wayne Craig, thank you for showing up on here. You guys can hit the music, too. I can give these shout-outs during it. Uh, Knutson called in. Wayne Craig, Shane Usler, Crystal France, Mark Horowitz, Gregory Grimes, Christopher Martinez, he was on the show, Chris Jolly, Kenneth Carter the third, KC3. Who else? We got Jake McLeod. Thanks for joining us. Eric Serta. He wanted to give out books on this one. Not put that coffee down. Tune on Wednesday. Can do some freight. Thank y'all for joining us on this show that we call What the Truck. Tracy Armstrong, she said, let's get it rolling.